0: Same pattern, Tiki Barber, and Brian Dawkins level. That ball went out of here off the top of the wall. Chipper Jones just won the ball. of a new order here at the nba hey everybody dan hick and denny thompson our hometown hero podcast brought to you by locket law know before you blow we got a special guest today denny love this guy yeah he's uh guy. jacksonville treasure yeah oh absolutely yeah some coaches may say let's bury him Right. Because he's a treasure. Right. I uh, see what I'm right. doing. Right. I see what you're doing. Uh, but uh, our guy, Verlin um eight, eight state titles. Eight? Co- eight? Is that right, Coach? I think it's eight, eight right? That is
1: correct.
0: Oh. Eight. Don't be humble, Verlin. Eight. That's a lot of jewelry. Eight's a lot of titles. Did you take a picture like Tom Brady took with all the rings on your fingers? No,
1: but my grandson did.
2: <laughs> Do you know where all the rings are at?
1: I, I think I do. I think I do. I, I, I know that he's been in them and has been having a really good time with them since he found out, you know, what they really mean now that he's going into second grade and, you know, being around our program and on the sideline on Friday nights. And uh, I bought him his own ring this year. Before. Ah. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty special now. It's pretty special.
0: It is. Was la- Was last year's the most exciting of the... Fin- i can't think of- i don't think i thought- can think of a better finish than that one was there did i miss one
1: no the oh the oh three state championship we played at florida field uh-huh. against Fort Meade was close we scooped and scored um french allen scooped a fumble and scored late in the game Lamar okay. was uh, running back
3: mm-hmm.
1: and um it was a Drew Steinmetz and Mike Pompa the running backs, and um, uh, he scooped, uh, Franchise Cooper scored. I think the final score might have been like 17 10 or something like right. that, but it was, it was close.
0: For those who don't know, fourth and seven, I was just looking at the play, for, uh, refreshing my memory, but fourth and seven late, and a touchdown pass to Burke. Yep. Uh, who's, uh, a Florida signee. Verlin finally sent a kid to Florida. It's breaking news.
3: And we sent two this year.
0: They did send two this he year. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, And uh, not Oklahoma. Or- well, Urban Meyer's not coaching in college anymore, so... <laughs> <laughs> we kid because we care, because we love you, Verlin. But take us back to your coaching uh, uh beginnings. When did you when did you decide to get into coaching? How did that come about? How are you? Uh take us to the to the, the beginning of, of Coach Dormany.
1: You know, um gosh, in nineteen
0: eighty
1: mm-hmm. uh I was finishing up uh, college. Okay. And uh I met Marlene and which is my wife for forty years. Mm-hmm. God bless her soul, you know, (laughs) and her heart for putting up with me for forty years. Uh, But um, her dad was the uh, um, administrator of the school, and I needed a job, and I was from here, and she was from here, but we didn't meet till we were in college up in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And um, so they needed a PE teacher in the middle school. I applied, he hired me, and I came on and. I take out my job because I had to do my student teaching uh, in Chattanooga for the first eight weeks, and then I came down as a PE coach here. So I missed the first years being a football coach and then was assistant for the next uh, five years. And then um, some buddies of mine I was in college with was in the car business down here, so I decided to get out and go do that for about five years. And then um, one of my best friends, uh, Danny Andrews, who's an offensive line coach for 16 years, he passed away with pancreatic cancer about 13 years ago hmm. but he said hey won't you come uh coach come back and be the head coach i said for what he said you know you can do it you'd you, you be i mean i have never i mean i was a jv head coach and then i left and about the- i they had no uh they, they really had no business hiring me when they did but uh you know what just uh, um that was 1991 yeah and uh um fell into a, uh, a great situation with some, uh, uh, the pastor here, Tom Messer, is a really good friend of mine, and uh, he come or came from a uh, um, an athletic background. His dad is the, uh, his dad's living. I think he's like 97, 98 years old, and uh, the gym uh, is named after his dad at the school that he has three other brothers that, they went to, and his dad was the athletic director and coach and so he understands athletics, and so that's probably the reason that I've been here so long because we're such good friends and he has helped me to be able to establish this program and uh, be able to do a lot of things we've been able to do and uh, um Josh, that's been thirty one years ago.
2: Wow I think people now like if you've been in Jacksonville the last ten to fifteen years, you think of Trinity. You think of this football powerhouse, playing on ESPN, playing a national schedule, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to that time because I, I was a player. I played against Trinity when Coach Dormandy mm-hmm. first took that job. Right. And no disrespect, Coach, but it was the homecoming game then. And it was well, like – it was beautiful. that field was, was – you didn't want to go play there, that type of stuff. Talk about when you took that job, if somebody would have fast-forwarded to 2020 or even 2010 for that matter – and told you, hey, this is what it's going to become. What would you have thought at the time?
1: Uh, you know what? One would be probably just disbelief. Because there's times I walk out on Friday night and, you know, we're to play a big ball game and, you know, the people all over the place and the lights are on and the band's playing and the kids are warming up. And honestly, um, I just stand there in awe mm-hmm. because I'm thinking, whew, I remember when we started this thing. You know, right. I would like you to get 17 kids to come to practice, you know, 17. Hmm. And, uh, um, you know, we were, my first two years, we were three and seven, three and seven. And, you know, out of, uh, um, out of pity for us, uh, when you played for Robbie, y'all were kneeling on the ball. Uh, on first down to give us the ball back when it was like fifty
2: two to nothing, you know, going into half or something, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and, and to to validate that, Dan, like that was the game we played each year before we played Tarleton County, right? That's right. It, it was right. like it was like okay, because Tarleton County like was right. the rivalry right. then. Um But then I want to fast forward, Coach, because an interesting thing is I after I played. I came back and I started coaching at University Christian and I hadn't really been paying attention to high school football. Mm -hmm. And we were put in the district with North Florida Christian and Trinity. And I remember them telling me like, oh, this is the SEC of the class at Mm -hmm. that time. And in a very short period, coach, you guys went from that to being, you know, considered one of the top teams in your classification um, to then a top team in the state to then a top 25 team in the country. Like... Just 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 talk about that for a second and and how that all kind of came about and what what started that growth.
1: You know, I think a lot of it is after the first two years, uh, we were so bad. I chose to go independent and try to instill in these younger kids a winning mentality. Mm -hmm. And um, real fortunate, we went. Uh, nine and one, and played in a bowl game in my third year. And uh, um, we went down to Melbourne Central Catholic and played in the what was it called a Pine Crest Bowl or something like that. They had some uh, um, old folks function the bowl game or something there. No? <laughs> <laughs> and we played with three or three or four times and lost. And uh, um, the next year we went. I think mean, we went 7-3 and three and got beat by some good single-A teams, like Hilliard beat us, and uh, um, I don't know if we played uh, UC or not, but I know we lost three games that year. And then that following year, that was after 91, 92, 93, 94, and 95, we got back in the district. And we were very fortunate because UC moved up a class. And so we stayed in the class. And we had a lot of kids returning, and we were able to make the playoffs. That was the first year I've made the playoffs. I remember playing. We played Florida A&M, the adult Middle school here, in the first round of playoffs, and it was zero zero at halftime. And it might have been it, it might have been you, Dan, or somebody, but they stuck a microphone in my face as we're running off the field at the halftime, and they said, "Coach, it's." It's zero zero what are you gonna do the second half of rally these kids and get them to come out and get ready to win this game. and I was like, Oh uh, um Why do we catch you at the end of the game? I said, That's a great
0: idea. <laughs> <laughs> was it the seasoned vet that he is now? Yes. Now he's there holding oh. his grandchild, just <laughs> shooting the breeze. Got another dove in his back pocket. Verlin, I wonder, uh, you know, obviously uh, Corky meant a lot to you. I wonder, does does 10 a uh, magic number to you at all? Does that, is that something that matters to you? Would you like to, you know, he had 10, you've got eight. Uh, are you aware of that? Or uh, And just talk about your relationship with Coach Rogers. You know
1: what? One. Uh, click Rogers was very, very kind to me when I was a young coach, mm-hmm. especially even when I was an assistant coach. And we were very good. And we were all in the in the process of turning it around, and I think we had went 7-3, um, and, and we had a three-way playoff here one year uh, when I was an assistant, mm-hmm. and we lost in the three-way playoff. But I used to go sit and watch. Coach Rogers, I'd in the stands at Lee High School and watch, watch him practice because they practice right on the field. They used to ask me to know, no problem. I'd watch him uh, run the wings, and, uh, um, and and that intrigued me. And then, you know, he was kind to show me, and I watched how they practiced and, you know, how they broke it down and things that they did. And, um, you know, we put in a variation of the wing uh, that fall in the um, – when, when I – after my last it was probably my Fourth or fifth, fifth year, I think. Uh, maybe my fourth year, we put in a variation of the wing, and was uh, um, fortunate us develop that, and we had we had some great running back. I'll be honest with you, it's it's really about the the people that help you. I, I had some great coaches that helped me, mm-hmm. and then and then the kids that have played for me have really really bought in and done exactly what we asked them to do, and. And play really hard, and they're, they're, they're really tough kids. We, we try to teach that toughness mentality. And I think a lot of it's just, you know, man, God's been good to us, honestly. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, one of the things that I've always thought about Coach Dormany and the program at Trinity that I think's unique, Coach, is you guys, like Jacksonville hasn't always been a recruiting hotbed. Right. Um right. I mean there was a time where if you had, you know, a division one signee, it was a really big deal. Um, you know, news coverage wise, sure, program wise, all that kind of stuff. You guys have done this interesting thing where you've adapted to the times, um and and the way that you coach and the way that you guys run the program and even you know, I remember you guys hosting, like, Florida. I think it was was it UF that you guys hosted for a, a satellite camp, or they did it at your, your yeah. place. But at the I mean, same time, Dan, if you go...
1: Michigan. What's that? Same year. We hosted Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Florida. Harbaugh.
2: Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> if you go to one of their practices, it's probably one of the most old-school, tough-nosed... Yeah. Like, you've done a great job of kind of picking mm-hmm. the new stuff, Coach, that you you see as a necessity. I'm sure a lot of it you don't like, but at the same time keeping that old school Trinity football
1: mentality. You know what? That's true, Benny. Uh, I think um, a lot of it is sometimes you have to swallow pride and get out of the way of yourself. You know, um, because I've, I've had some great young men that have come through the program that are now coaching with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you just go hire coaches off the street that haven't been through your program, they don't understand your mentality to the fullest, if that makes sense. But these young men that are coaching with me, that played for me, understand our mentality. So they won't let that part of it, that toughest mentality part of it slide. But, you know, it did me be say, hey, look, okay, I understand, you know, you put 11 people in the box. And we're trying to run wing tee with, you know, um, nine people in the box at some point, either, you know, you're going to get stopped. So you got to be fortunate enough to have a couple quarterbacks come through that can throw the ball. And George done a great job. Him and Gus both did a great job, uh, uh calling plays and, and putting in new offenses. And we still use a lot of our old blocking schemes and, uh, um, that we used, uh, when we in the end of wing tee. But, uh, um, I think a lot of that, And, you know, we have a, we have a saying that's, it's on our wall. As soon as you walk in the door on the left hand side, it says the most violent team wins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we preach that. We believe that, you know, because every college coach that comes in the office and sit down and watch film, one of the first things they say after they watch a film, they say, you know what, coach, toughness is leaving the game. And it's, you can't teach toughness uh we need get all the way to the college level. Either they are that or they're not. And um we pride ourselves on trying to be a team that is physical, you know, on Friday nights. Now, I hurt it sometimes, you know, down the road because we've had kids get injured and, and uh, um you know ripped in the playoffs or been hurt in some games, but uh for the most part it's we've been successful with it.
2: It's one of the most frustrating things ever, Dan, is Calling plays against Trinity, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially like when you have a head coach, like as an OC, because it's like I won't name names, but multiple times I've coached against Coach Dormity's Trinity team Mm -hmm. and the head coach come over the headset and he'll start telling you things like, why don't you just throw the post? Mm-hmm. Or why don't you run screen? And it's like, do you not think I've thought of that? Like, do you see the 11 guys and to co- that they have out there? And to Coach Dormany's point, like, when you have those 11 guys going double A gap blitzes, you think this quarterback wants to sit back there and wait for a post to open up? Like, <laughs> Coach, it it, it is – and I'm sure there's that's the reason why you guys play the way you play, is you're playing off other people's, you know, somewhat – I don't know a better word of fear or hesitation – but right. it, it's certainly by design, isn't
1: it? Absolutely, because you're dealing with high school quarterbacks. Yep. You know, you're not dealing with you know a guy that's going to be able to go through three reads in a, in a matter of less than two seconds and and uh, and be able to deliver a good ball.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you know, our I mean, honestly, our whole philosophy is we're going to send one more than you can block.
2: Yep.
1: And so if that's the case, now there's your quarterback win? Mm-hmm. And if he does, we win. If he doesn't, and he's really good, then you go back down and look at the, uh, the games we've lost, and uh, you'll see why.
0: Verlin, uh put you on the spot a little bit. Got a lot of great players come through those halls through the years. I'm wondering, do you got to – give me a top five. Give me some names. Give me some kids uh, that you – that made a lasting impact. That maybe they weren't guys that we know necessarily, mm-hmm. but guys that right. made a difference in your program that you're forever grateful for.
1: Well, you got to start with Gus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Gus, well, uh, there was a young man by the name of Dolph Bracy who really got it all mm-hmm. started
3: mm-hmm.
1: years mm-hmm. near. He was on our first playoff team. Yep. He was our first Division I uh, signing. He went to Tulane, you know. hmm And Dolvon was, we used to call him coach, because that's, you know, Friday nights. I mean, he he had everybody in the right spots doing the right thing, and he was extremely tough, and his brother Karan played for us, too. And uh, they were both great, great football players. But, you know, when you start talking about top-five talent, Mm -hmm. um, about this mentality, um, understanding the game, you know, Gus has got to be... Right up there is. Okay. we uh, we argue this. We argue this all the time in the office because everybody wants to argue who's who's this and who's the best lineman we've had here or something yeah. like that. But, you know, Gus is, to me, is number one because of just play both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. Not only did he run the football, he carried it, you know, 15 to 20 times a game, but he played, he played, uh, uh safety for us or corner for us, you know, and, uh, um, And I mean, and and, and was on every specialty. So, and then, you know, after him, you got Mm Gerard, who played quarterback for me and turned around and played safety, uh, that went to Florida State. You know, and and both of them just wound up, he was for the Patriots and Gerard was in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, uh, you start thinking through different names and kids that have played. I mean, we had a kid play for us and went to George Tech. His name was Victor Alexander. Oh, yeah. That's the name a lot. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, I remember Victor,
1: him. He just destroyed things. I mean, he people feared him. I, we <laughs> went to a clinic <laughs> at UCLA. Yep. And we had our um, coach. Um, what was his name? He is dad was coach the Seahawks, and he was a, um Bradley coach UCLA.
2: It, uh, you're talking about Gus Bradley? No.
1: No, he's, uh... no not Gus. Um, uh, his, his dad was the one who said playoffs.
0: Oh, Jamora. Jamora uh, Jr. Yeah. Jamora. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so Mora was there. And so he said, Coach, we we took your highlight film, Defensively, got the big hits all of it.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: we played it for our kids who <laughs> was at UCLA. You know? But, but Victor, I mean, they wanted Victor bad, and they really, really wanted him and Jeffrey, but neither one of them went. Jeffrey went to Auburn, and uh, uh, Victor went to Georgia Tech. But Victor's one of them kids that was just, can he destroyed things. He was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, um, gosh, Isaiah Ford, who was, yeah, set you know, he set receiving records at uh, um, um, Virginia Tech. Yeah. You know, been to the Dolphins for the last four years. Never like realized how true.
0: good of a basketball player he was either oh, until gosh. I saw him go head to head with uh, Grayson Allen. Grayson, yeah, Yeah, that's yeah, great. Sir. Yeah, good stuff.
1: Yeah, he, You know, he, that's what he thought he was going to do. He was going to be a Division of basketball player, and his dad that's what his dad really wanted to do, and he was. He, was, he was, And Virginia Tech told you, you can play football and basketball, but when he got there, he just got to be too much.
0: Yeah, it's so hard at college level. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Like incredible athlete. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, you know, I, you know, you you start going down the line and think about think about Lamar Lewis, what a running back. You yeah. Know, he still holds all the he still holds all the rushing records. Now, he's my running back coach now. Lamar. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> you know, he you know, he's unbelievable. So I mean, gosh, if you name the top five, I
2: that was pretty good. Uh, that was pretty well, good. I i I'll, I'll, let me put my two cents on this because uh-huh. there he had a safety there, mm-hmm. Ben Edwards. Is that yeah. his name? No. Yeah, man. The hardest hitting high school player I've ever seen in my life, and and I, don't, I can't even think, coach, of like a of a close second. This this guy, and he was crazy smart. I think, where I think he are Stanford, Stanford, I think, yeah. didn't he? Is that right, coach?
1: Stanford. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like I, I mean, the, I don't, I can't think of another guy mm. in my coaching career that we game plan more around than that kid. Mm. Out of this is mm. going to sound bad, out of safety for our guys. Like, that's how impactful that kid was.
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He, he was. Came here as a basketball player. Never really ever played football. <laughs>
2: wow. <Understand laughs> he that? didn't care about his body at all when he yeah. hit people, Dan. It was <laughs> 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 it, it was unbelievable. What's that?
1: I mean, and here's, as you just look up his highlights. He's incredible. Yeah. He went to Stanford and played three years. In his senior year, he developed... Uh, um, a Heart condition. He had an infection in the heart and they shut him down. They said, Look, you don't play. I mean, of course, he graduated from Stanford. You know, he's sick. He's making sick figures right now. Sure. Working from home um, with some uh, New York based uh, um, um, information company that he uh, reads and analyzes uh, uh, data and gives back to them because he's that type of kid. He's yeah. that smart. But uh, um, uh, would, would it play a professional? He would have played NFL easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we could do it all day, but we appreciate it, Verlin. It's great stuff, and I uh, love visiting with you. And uh, good we luck. Got,
2: in- we got to ask him one more thing. What How do much got?
0: longer you got in the tank, Coach? Yeah, what do you got, Verlin?
1: How I many? Let me ask you this: <laughs> What is the age you can collect your full Social Security? What is that? <laughs> What is that
2: you're talking yeah. to two radio guys neither one of us know that that's a long way away for us
1: for <laughs> 40 years and uh, you know the retirement here is uh, wherever you consider your 403b or, <laughs> or whatever whatever and uh my wife was a nurse for 35 years and she decided uh, about 2 years ago she goes you know I, I'm going to retire and I'm going to help take care of the grandkids. And I, I, I took a deep gulp, and I went, Ooh. oh, you are? oh, you are.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: So, so but yeah, but it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I've enjoyed every bit of it. you know. But uh, gosh, don't you think when you're able to take all your retirement from social care? And I'm 64, so I think that's 66 and a
0: half. I think we're closing so, in. I, get, uh,
2: so I know what he's got sitting over there attorney right now. He yeah. ain't going nowhere for four more years. Four more? Oof. That's my prediction. huh.
1: told him. This is what I told him. My grandson will be able to play middle school football, and let's see, he'll be second grade this year, third, fourth, fifth, and five years. Uh And he's going to start every down on every
0: any <laughs> position he wants to play. I, mean, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, good stuff, Verlin, man. We appreciate you so much. It's Verlin Dormany. It's our Hometown Heroes podcast. Dan Hick and Denny Thompson. It's brought to you by Lockett Law. No before you blow. Lee Lockett does a great job. And we appreciate his support. And we appreciate Verlin Dormany. And the chase for number nine starts in just a few weeks. I Thank you, care.
1: Verlin. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, sir.